Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 52. So we got a question from Lauren in our Let It Be group on Facebook and it's a question that resonated quite deeply with both of us and not just us, like a whole bunch of other people in the group were like, yeah, answer this one, please. (laughs) So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Lauren's question was, I'd like to hear what you'd say about staying positive and zen in the midst of high-strung co-workers and friends. People are constantly complaining about how hard it all is and it's awkward to not agree with them. What do I talk about if I can't complain about being too busy? How can I have more positive conversations? How can I talk about what I'm grateful for in my life without seeming like I'm bragging? And I think that's the one where we're all like, yeah, we need to know that one. She said, I'm taking your advice, but I feel like I'm in constant battle against the negative tide of all the small talk. So Lauren's question resonated with me because... On a few levels. So one, I'm someone who quickly gets pulled down by other people's negativity. I think the kind of proper term for that is an empath. So empaths uh, take on other people's emotions and are susceptible to other people's emotions quite heavily. So the defense mechanism I've created to combat that is to never... I never really validate anyone's negativity. And I kind of always feel a little bit Mm -hmm. bad about this because I do think it's important that you know, if someone's venting to you, all they want is they just want to be heard. So I I let them vent, but I don't actively agree with them that yes, everything sucks or that person sucks. So I I don't know if that's really the best way to go about things. Like I don't know if there's a better way. So what do you do when someone's venting and I guess being quite relentlessly negative? Yeah, it's the relentlessly that's the key, I think, because I think, look, everyone needs to have a vent sometimes. I do it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) more than sometimes, sometimes, but we do like, and there is, there is a, a level of catharsis in just having a vent about things, but that's a very different situation to being just a Debbie Downer constantly or someone who's kind of playing the victim or being the person who's listening to someone who's constantly being negative so I think that if it's if it's a one-off fine sometimes all we need to do is listen and that validates a person's experience or yeah you know we don't need to we don't need to find a solution when someone's just having a you know a random vent we can just say yeah I hear you and I understand you know you don't even have to agree and I do think that's an important point because I do think a lot of particularly empaths do feel like if you're telling me your problems, you want me to solve them as yes. well. And I do think that that is a lot of where, say, our bad feelings come from. It's like you're telling me this, but I've got no solutions for you. And whereas more often than not, like the person just wants you to listen to them. Yeah. And Sometimes they don't want you to fix want to be it. Heard. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. So I used to I used to really struggle, particularly when I was sort of in my late teens, early 20s with uh, taking on other people's problems as mm. my own. It, it really did to the point where I had to get therapy for it because <laughs> just like, you know, this has nothing to do with you, right? Like, oh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but why do I feel it so keenly? And even now, you know, this is something that I'm, I'm needing to be aware of. So I've kind of, I've learned to be protective of my own feelings and sometimes that looks like me pulling back from a negative person and 
again, that may not be the most nice person thing to do, but when it's relentless, when it's having an impact on my energy, like I've, I've had a couple of friendships that have fizzled out over time because one person is far more negative than the other. And it really just, it sucks all the joy out of mm. time spent together, which is fine when it's a friendship, but when you're working with someone, it's very difficult. I mean, that that's really challenging. So, I mean, I've got some, I, I guess, I guess I have some strategies on how I protect myself so I don't take on or absorb that negativity, but I also don't run away with my hands over my ears screaming as much as I would like to do that sometimes. (laughs) You know, and it's even just things like uh, rather than validating their negativity, if there's something that that you you can see what the problem is, perhaps you can see why they're feeling the way they are feeling, seizing upon that particular thing and steering the conversation back to that problem that actually has a solution you might not be able to offer that solution that's fine uh that's not your job but if you can steer them towards that solution or that you know the problem that does have a solution that can feel more proactive and and helpful and also protective of yourself than just either agreeing with everything they're saying because you feel like you have to or doing that awkward, like just kind of zoning out because you don't agree with anything they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's really hard. Sometimes you kind of have to do a bit of mental gymnastics to try and <laughs> to try and not seem like a jerk. <laughs> it, it is so. I mean, uh, I can't say like, Ant gets angry at me all the time for this because he feels like he can't come to me with anything negative because immediately my eyes glaze over because so I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I think it's also it, it, it's seasons of life a little bit as well. So I've just come out of a kind of a very um, tumultuous couple of years and like my anxiety, so, so conflict or negativity really badly triggers my anxiety at the moment. So... In that mode, and if some, and if you're in that situation, like as bad as it feels to go into self-preservation mode whenever someone's trying to tell you their problems or tell you about the fight they just had with their mum, you do have to go into self-preservation mode. Mm-hmm. But as the the further away I get from that tumultuousness of those last couple of years, the more able I am to at least listen. Yeah. And not, you know, so I don't necessarily engage with it. And I certainly, yeah, I've learned not to try and solve people's problems because I was the same as you. So I took on everybody's problems as if they were my own. And it took like one of, yeah, one of my best friends is a social worker and she for years and years and years was, you know, kept telling me, it's not your problem to own, Kelly. It's not your problem to own. You can be empathetic, but it's not your problem. You can't yeah. take it on board as if it's yours. Cause that's what I was doing. I was, if something happened to a friend, then I was walking around as if that's something had happened to me, yeah. which if you know, you multiply by a number of friends who all have things going on in their life, you just can't function like that. And I always laugh at the irony that even though I had my friends kind of counseling me to let this thing go, the thing that ultimately cured me of it was my um, sister getting married and how I just be, she was just in constant conflict with my parents through the whole process. Um, and I was refereeing all this conflict huh. and trying to help them both see each other's sides. And then one day, I just remember I was lying in bed, like 
So I'd just gotten off the phone from mum. Mum had just explained something to me. I thought it sounded very reasonable. I got on the phone to my sister. I tried to explain it to her. She was just flat out like, nah, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, And at that point, I just broke. (laughs) And I was like, I am out. I am not being the go-between for this. This is ridiculous. I don't care anymore. Um, You guys sort it out. Left it at that. And weirdly like that whole situation cured me of all future trying to help other people solve problems that had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And this just seems to be how everything happens in my life. It gets to, I push too far and I get to the point and of breaking. And then I'm like, okay, now I don't need to do that thing anymore. And I don't want Lauren to get to that spot. You know, I don't want it to get so bad that she then goes, oh, I have, you know, that's it. I'm not helping anyone ever again, which is kind of where I got to. I was like, I don't care about anybody's problems, yeah. <laughs> even if you're aunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell you, go sort your problems out somewhere else. But yeah, what I try to do these days so is I try to, yeah, so always listen to a, to a point. If, if, if someone, if a person is relentlessly negative and every conversation I have with them is negative, I start avoiding them. Yeah. And that's the reality. I'd like to say I do something else much more useful, but I just choose to not be around them as much. The only problem for Lauren is it's her workmates who are relentlessly negative. And that's a bit difficult because you can't avoid your workmates. And I think we've all been in that work situation. It doesn't even need to be all of them. It really only needs to be one person and they can really bring down the whole morale of everybody just because they're relentlessly negative and I do actually have a few ideas for dealing with that but have you have you come across that and when you were in a a work a set I don't know I was going to say we both work for ourselves now so we don't have these problems anymore but that's not true no we have employees yeah well exactly and and clients and things like that that you know energy vampires come in all all sorts of relationships (laughs) but I mean, my go-to response when it's a, like it's constant and you know that this is just that person's MO, they are just going to, to complain or rant or, or vent to you and you know that you can't deal with it anymore, my go-to reaction is to begin avoiding them, uh, <laughs> kind of just noping out of the situation. <laughs> but with people who I am more comfortable with, and she may be more confident than I am in saying, kind of standing up a little to people, but you can always use humor, I think, to yeah. deliver a bit of perspective. You know, particularly if people are complaining about things that aren't bad things. And it, I think often people just slip into the habit of complaining. Yeah. Like it becomes the way we have conversations. Yes. You know, we, we do. Everything is is kind of skewed to the negative. We talk about how hot the weather is or how <laughs> cold the weather is or how much it's rained or how dry it is, you know. We, we talk about how busy we are it, through the lens of how tired it's making us. We never talk about it through the lens of, gee, aren't we lucky that these are all the opportunities we have? And, and just quickly on that. So this is where I always worry about going into the realm of being a bit Pollyanna-ish where, oh, no, everything's yep. great. Like, you know, so, so flipping everything to see the good side because realistically – there is a good side to every situation, certainly for 
middle class people living in a you know place like Australia, like which yeah. most of us are, there's really all our problems are good problems. Well, yeah, particularly when you're speaking of problems of excess. Yes. So I always think I'd like to reframe this for this person because I can see how it can be reframed. But I always feel like then I'm just this relentlessly positive person who, which is just as annoying as a relentlessly negative person because I just feel like, because it's all that whole thing where problems are problems. It doesn't matter that there are people dying in Africa and you're not like it's, it's still something that's affecting your happiness. So. Yeah, sure. But I do think that a dose of perspective can help us go, yeah, all right. So the fact that my Saturday is really busy isn't quite <laughs> as bad as, you know, not having any food. But, I mean, so I think you you kind of answered your own question, though, because you just don't be that relentlessly Pollyanna person. You just do it sometimes, you know. You just be the person who's like, yeah, that's a good problem to have, though, <laughs> you know. Um, and you know what? If they don't like it, then... Then maybe they won't bring their problems to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you don't like being relentlessly bombarded with negativity. I'm sorry that you don't enjoy a dose of sunshine occasionally. <laughs> That's actually your problem. That's not my problem. You know, and maybe they'll stop coming to you expecting validation and and possibly rethink their perspective on things. Maybe they won't. Maybe it will have no impact on them at all. But at least that way you can kind of feel like you're representing your point of view with a little bit more gusto than just sort of standing there passively nodding while they're, you know, telling telling you how bad their lunch was or, or whatever it is that they're ranting about at that particular time. So I think, I mean, I think the answer is don't be relentlessly anything in people's faces, but if what you want to do is present some more positivity, then present some more positivity, you know. I mean, it might it might fall on deaf ears in yeah. some instances. I think some people don't want, they won't want to hear it, but that's okay. You know, that's that's not on you. Like don't own that as well. <laughs> don't go owning that problem as well as their others. Oh, I know. <laughs> this is why I love really straight up people. Like, you know those people who are ballsy yeah. enough to go, really? Really? Are you calling that a problem? That is yep. not a problem. Or, you know, because I've got a few friends like that who will they'll Same. just call it or they'll go, you know, I've heard you, you know, you told me this three months ago. You're telling me it again today. I suspect you're going to tell me again in three months. <laughs> so what are you doing? This is obviously a big issue for you. What are you doing to change the situation? And because I've got you know, friends who, ha- who have, are capable of saying that and I'm just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I want to be that person <laughs> yeah. who can kind of <laughs> say it in a way that – and it's all in the delivery. It is, but I also think that those people maybe aren't the people who take ownership of the problems in the first place. Yeah, that is true. So do you think that that's the problem? Do you think the problem is feeling – ownership of the problem is that why like someone like Lauren or someone like me gets really like oh I can't take any more of this negativity but is it because we tend to take ownership of other people's problems I mean I can only kind of talk to my own experience and I think it's when you care too Mm. much which sounds really callous and I certainly don't mean it to it's more a question of all right does this is this important enough for me to to take it on, you know, and I think that those people who, and look, I could be completely wrong here, but those people who tell it like it is, 
they've already decided that that's actually not their problem and they're yeah. just going to tell it like it is. Like, all right, well, what you need to do is either change <laughs> or get over it, you know. And I'm like, yeah. I wish, I wish I could say that. Uh, <laughs> I, really, really so, I so aspire to it. It's like my lifelong goal. It's, just, it's never going to happen, but <laughs> people would just be shocked. They would just be like, what? Like, because I think you need to have been that person your whole life. I think it's very difficult if you've been like the caring listening person your whole life and then all of a sudden you start talking to people like that they're just going to be like what it's too jarring yeah it sucks <laughs> yeah I think but I also think that you know it's it can be a more gradual shift if you start to just question is this important enough for me to actually care about like really care about and if it's not then at least you're allowing yourself the internal separation from the problem even you don't have to tell them that but in your head you just put up this barrier and you're like okay well let them have their complain about this whatever and then I'm going to go back and do my work and it's like Teflon. Just coat yourself in Teflon and let it roll off if you're not if you know if you're not comfortable or able to to say, hey, you know, pull your head in, this is not a real problem, then it even then then do something to protect yourself from the negativity. Yeah. In a workplace situation, I have got a few practical ish suggestions for um, people who find themselves in the same situation as Lauren which is like it's your workplace you can't get away from these people you can't avoid them it's you have to work with them yet this person is bringing you down and one thing to do is to if you can speak to a superior and go because usually if someone's complaining to you at work it's usually about work. Yeah. <laughs> this has been my experience. It's seldom about their life. It's more about work-related stuff, which, as Penelope Trump would say, work problems are life problems. So in my business, kind of found that there was a bit of negativity happening in the past couple of years. And so what we ended up doing is we, Ant and I were like, well, we are not equipped to figure out what the problem is here um we can ask people they won't you know they don't tell us because we're um they they are loyal to us and don't want to hurt our feelings and say you know things you're doing aren't you know making me happy so we end up getting a therapist in so she's like a psychologist and a also an HR person which is quite a useful combination it's a handy combo yeah just for people to be able to talk to someone qualified Mm. and say you know and so they're not trying to talk to us who are their bosses you know might be their friends but also their bosses and say you know this is really bothering me and I don't know how to deal with it like so so having access to a therapist can really make a big difference and a lot of workplaces don't think of doing that because mm. they think a therapist only gets brought in in really extreme situations where I think they're just really useful for helping people clear the air. Before you need a big amount of intervention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Before something gets to be a massive problem. So, yeah, so I don't know if, you know, if Lauren's in a position to bring it up with her superiors or make that kind of suggestion or say, look, I just feel like collectively we as a group need a bit more support in this area and that can just be like quite mm-hmm. a, a nice diffusing thing yeah and then the other thing the other reality is if this has been going on for a really long time and where you work or or this person's not going away and it's really affecting your day and your life and I'm not saying it is or isn't for Lauren but just in general, I've seen it happen a lot. Like mm. sometimes you do have to go, you know what, for the sake of my well-being and my happiness and my general state of mind, I might need to move on yep. and find 
find something else or if you decide not to then you go right well I've made the very intentional decision to stay here despite knowing that this thing is a problem for me so it comes on you to manage it and you can only manage it the best you can and sometimes you might go and see a therapist and go look this is a situation I've got to work I've got this relentlessly negative person they're pulling me down and then a therapist can help you come up with management plan for dealing with that person and it's funny Carly and I were um, yeah. talking about this in a podcast the other day where we said like so often we think therapy or therapists are you know they're the last resort kind of thing and I just so highly think that they're a person for if you come come up against something where you're like you know what I just don't have any strategies to deal with this or I don't know if what I'm doing is effective like you one hour one one hour session with a therapist equips you with a whole bunch of stuff and all of a sudden you feel like ah. Oh, I know how to deal with this situation. There's no guilt. Mm. Like I'm not feeling guilty because I feel like I should be giving this person something. And obviously I'm not giving them something because I still have these problems and I can't fix them for. And like, you just get caught up in your own head going, Oh, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. And it's, then it becomes your problem. The therapist will help you work through that and actually come up with something useful. So I I always feel bad because quite often a lot of people who email me or ask me questions, a lot of the time I'm like, Look, I can only tell you what I've done in the past and if I haven't got anything that I've done in the past, all I can say is go see a therapist and it always feels like a bit dismissive but honestly, it's just the best money you'll ever spend. Yeah. And again, not suggesting that Lauren's got to this point where it's like rocking her whole world but I'm talking more generally speaking, especially in a workplace situation where like you might really like your job or there may not be any other jobs out there and you're not going to leave your job just because this one person's affecting your day but... We spend, we spend a third of our lives at work. So you want it to be a place that you look forward to going to and not a place where you're like, oh, what is this person yep. going to do today that's going to you know, harsh my mellow? <laughs> 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 I love that too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to be dreading it. So equip yourself. To, and like I said, it really would only take one one-hour session yeah. and all of a sudden you're equipped. So, Because f- first of all, you feel validated that we, how you're feeling is okay because I, I do think there's a lot of guilt. We, sometimes we question ourselves, yeah. We're like, yeah. Am, I just, am I just being callous? Like, yeah, am, I, am just, I just a jerk? Am I the I problem? Can... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah to- no, totally. Because I often think that, I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm quite clearly just a cold-hearted person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we do, we question ourselves and whether or not we're the issue. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's a really, really great suggestion. Yeah, and I do, yeah, I, I do always feel a bit dismissive saying it, but like when I, because I ask the people in our Let It Be group, like how they kind of deal with this kind of, you know, how they deal with relentlessly negative people and, you know, almost to a man, they pretty much said, yeah, we do what you do, Kelly, which is, you know, avoid it like avoid mm. those people if you can or listen without agreeing with them so yep. you know you can listen without agreeing that yes everything in the world is totally shit and or remove themselves you know just cut that person out of your life if yeah. you can yeah or try and avoid kind of being being 
left alone with them even. Like if you're in yeah. a social situation at work or, you know, don't kind of get trapped in your office or your cubicle with yeah. the person <laughs> on any kind of regular basis. Which was always me. I like, yeah. And, yeah, so I had to develop quite um, intricate, like, avoidance techniques, which <laughs> kind of sucks. Routes. Yeah, which is ridiculous. But, yeah, a lot of people in the group, they mentioned the fact that, yeah, they have high empathy levels. So what it is is like they listen to the person and they hear them and even if they don't engage quite you know, directly or validate or go agree with them that everything sucks, they do find that they go home and, mm. they, and they collapse because yep. it's they've, whether they like it or not, that person's negativity has affected them quite badly. Mm. And yeah, to those people in particular, I do strongly re- recommend speaking to a therapist, hearing and letting them help you figure out the because because this is the other thing like we're all so individual so while it's all well and good for us to go this worked for me I do love therapy for the fact that it's that person is going right you are this kind of person and this specific thing is something that you can do for this specific situation because all the situations we find ourselves in are you know are very unique and individual yeah yeah yeah. The one thing that I would also suggest, and this is not a quick fix, but something that I've discovered has helped me a lot with being able to compartmentalize oh, issues, yeah. you know, and just putting it in a box and saying, okay, that's where that belongs and it doesn't leach into other areas of my brain. Uh, meditation has really genuinely helped me with the ability to do that because what it teaches you when you sit with your thoughts and you acknowledge them, but you don't actually engage with them is that you can be amongst something and not be part of it, if that makes sense. So yeah. you, can, you can sit with your thoughts and you can say, hi, thought, I'm over here meditating, come back to me later. And that's teaching you over time with practice that you can have that spaciousness of thought. You don't have to engage uh, with, with every thought all the time. And over time, that has helped me significantly in just being able to compartmentalize negative thoughts or people who I just find really difficult to deal with or, you know, ideas that I'm struggling, I can, I can separate them out and not dive headfirst into them and wallow and despair at it. So while that's not as, as probably as practical in an immediate sense as going to see a therapist, and I think that's a really good suggestion. This is also something that can help over time in just being able to develop that I don't know. The, the, it's an additional protective measure, I guess. Oh, I think the compartmentalizing thing is a massive thing because it's something like, say, um, Ant has always been able to do. And I always just used to look at him and wonder, like, say he could have a massive fight with me and then go out and function. Mm. And, like, meanwhile, I'm, like, in a puddle on the floor because, <laughs> like, my emotions are, like, they go everywhere. They do not, you know, whereas he could really draw a line and go, right, I'm upset but I have to go and do this thing. So yep. I'm going to go do that thing. And, and I, I kind of actually looked at it as a bit of a um, personality flaw. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized that that was kind of what I did back in my triathlon days. So obviously, you know, obviously you would get nervous before a race and a certain level of nervousness is good. But if you go too far, then you're over aroused and then you're not yep. going to perform well. So I learned to go up to a certain point and then anything beyond that point, I literally, in my mind, put it in a box, tucked it over there and, you know, put it away until the race started. And once the race started, everything just 
just evaporated. Mm. And I've certainly found the same as you that in the past year where I've always struggled with meditation and I've never really understood mindfulness until the last year, they do help you compartmentalize because mm. they do help. Yeah, I mean, I, I speak about this quite often now, but the thing that I learned was, you know, it was this massive revelation of, oh, I do not have to actively engage with every single thought that enters my head. Yeah. So when you're dealing with, you know, negative people, the thoughts that are coming through your head are so mixed because they're like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to this person. They always bring me down. And then it's followed by, oh, but doesn't make, make me a bad person. Oh, I don't want to talk to this person because they obviously need my help and they want to share their problems with me. And I, sh- you know, I should be a nice enough person to listen to. Them. And so it just round and round it goes. And to be able to just, you know, put those thoughts, just go, look, these thoughts are entering my head, but I don't have to have a conversation with every single one of them is just such a nice skill to have. And as you say, it's not like you don't go, there's a switch and now I have that skill. Like it's something that will come. Because I remember saying to you a a good few episodes ago, like what exactly does meditation do? Like, Mm -hmm. and you're like, it's, it's not even in the moment of meditating. Like I don't finish meditating and go, ah, I am calm and, (laughs) you know, free and feel amazing. Like it's more how it filters through through the rest of your life. That's where you see the effects. And I've certainly, yeah, I've certainly found the same. But I have got one more quick suggestion for, you know, when you do find yourself in that situation where, so if there's one aspect of your life where, okay, you're at work all day for eight hours and there's someone there who is being relentlessly negative, then, and you can't control that person, but you can control the amount of negativity that you expose yourself to in the other areas of your life, take control of that. So for instance, like if someone in my Facebook feed is relentlessly negative. Like everything that they post is a conspiracy theory. Everything they post is like (laughs) the world is going to shit. I love that unfollow thing where you don't have to unfriend the person. You can just unfollow them. It's so good. It's the most amazing thing ever because there's people out there who I genuinely like as people, but the stuff that they fill my feed with, the the stuff they feel compelled to share with their friends is that relentlessly negative stuff and I I don't need it okay I don't need it to be their friend I don't need to see it in order to maintain our friendship I don't yeah it's just like as if before Facebook if I didn't see them then I didn't have that thing affecting my life so Mm, yeah don't I think don't be afraid to control what you can control which is the other aspects of your life where people might be trying to to bring negativity into it because there is a bit of a tipping point I find Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think.
for your ease. Who is that? Hi, podcast.